0: How do you do? While we ended last week's concert by Fanny Bloomfield Zeisler on a somewhat sombre, serious note, tonight's programme offers a complete contrast. We will present a number of keyboard immortals playing concert favourites, those lighter, more cheerful numbers with which concert artists reward their audience and also help themselves unwind after a strenuous recital of exacting major works. Our first Keyboard Immortal is Joseph Levine. He plays En Route by Benjamin Louis-Paul Godard. Godard was what you might call a typically French composer, infusing his music with the elegance and joie de vivre of glittering Paris. Godard is best remembered for his opera Jocelyn, and the berceuse from this opera, which has been played for almost a hundred years for every conceivable musical combination. Keyboard Immortal Joseph Levine Playing Goddard's En route, presumably the musical picture of a journey. <laughs> Joseph Levine was born in the same year as Rachmaninoff, 1873, and it is a tribute to his powers as a pianist that his name has endured, in spite of the fact that he did not concertize as frequently or make as many tours as did many of his lesser-known contemporaries. He has just played En Route by Benjamin Godard. Next comes a composition by Anton Stepanovich Arensky. Arensky is best known for his masterly works for duo piano, the best known being the famous waltz. However, he composed quite a lot of excellent music and was much influenced by Tchaikovsky. Unfortunately, like one of his contemporaries, Nicholas Rubinstein, Arensky enjoyed the lighter side of life a little too much, and his great talents did not develop as much as they might have done. However, he has left his mark on music for all time. Among his compositions are a number of piano caprices, opus 43, and keyboard immortal Ella Jonas will play number six from this collection. The keyboard immortal Ella Jonas, who has just played Orensky's Caprice No. 6, is the daughter of a distinguished father, Alberto Jonas, Spanish virtuoso. Our next selection is a set of variations on a melody whose original composer has never been really known. It may have been simply a folk song, but this melody seems to have fascinated many composers, including that legendary violinist immortal Niccolò Paganini, who also wrote a set of variations based on it. The melody is The Carnival of Venice. The last time this theme was used was in the 20s, when Tin Pan Alley based a popular song upon it. However, my old friend Sigmund Späth, in his informative history of popular music, gives the composer as one J. Bellac" and mentions that this melody has invited embellishments and variations by composers for trombone, trumpet, flute, violin, and now we will present the piano variations of this enduring tune. Good tunes, apparently, unlike old soldiers, not only never die, they don't even fade away. Carnival of Venice variations are played by Hans Hauser, about whom I could find no information except that he may have been what would nowadays be called a staff pianist to Herr Werthe. Carnival de Venezia variations, played by keyboard immortal Hans Hauser. Was, or rather were, the variations on Carnival of Venice played by Hans Hauser, transcribed by Jules Schulhoff for the piano. Many of the great composers had their favorite keys in which they expressed certain moods. Mozart usually chose G minor as his tragic key. There is, of course, his G minor symphony and the G minor string quintet. Beethoven favoured the key of C minor to express melancholy, and Brahms generally composed in E-flat minor. Several of Brahms's most tragic works are in this key. Our next work is the intermezzo in E-flat minor number 6 of Opus 118. It is actually almost a tragic rhapsody, as you will hear, when it is played by Konstantin Igumnov, a Russian pianist who taught at the Moscow Conservatory for many years. The Brahms Intermezzo in E-flat minor, opus 118, number 6, Our Keyboard Immortal, Igumnov. That was the Brahms intermezzo in E-flat minor. Our keyboard immortal was Konstantin Igumnov. I am always astounded at the great number of marvellous pianists the last century produced. Of course, in the days before radio and phonographs, there was a tremendous demand for concert performers, and where there is a demand, there is bound to be a supply. So many of the great pianists who performed for the Forsetzer would be virtually only names in an encyclopedia were it not for the inventiveness of Herr Edwin Welte. And now a work by that talented American composer, Edward McDowell, our keyboard immortal is Michael Zadora, who appeared in recital America, in the early days of the century. He studied with Leshititsky and Busoni, and eventually became an American citizen, like so many European musicians. He will play the popular Hexentanz or Witch's Dance by Edward McDowell. <laughs> The Hexen or Witch's Dance is the second of two fantastic pieces McDowell composed in 1884. It was once a regular part of the concert repertoire and has not lost its charm or effectiveness, and it was played for us by keyboard immortal Michael Zadora. We now present the best-known piece of music on tonight's program of concert favorites, the familiar Nocturne in E-flat, opus 9, number 2 by Chopin. It is one of a set dedicated to Mademoiselle Camille Playel, wife of the famous Parisian piano manufacturer, and it contains that charming simplicity that has kept it a favourite for many, many years. I was somewhat startled to read that not all of Chopin's nocturnes deal with the subject of love, and while the one we are about to hear certainly does, one of Chopin's more fiery nocturnes, the one in C-sharp minor, bears the following programme note. It is a calm night in Venice, where, after a murder, a corpse is thrown into the sea while the moon shines serenely on. However, our present nocturne could only deal with more tender emotions, and it is played by keyboard immortal Paul de who has played for us several times before, and who, until tonight, was a mystery pianist. He plays the nocturne in E-flat, by Chopin, and I will tell you something about him when he finishes playing it. have received a letter from a most gracious lady, Mrs. Alexander klejnot I quote from this letter. Incidentally, she lives in Altadena. Here's what she says. Some weeks ago you mentioned the mystery pianist Paul de Kahn. Unfortunately, I do not know much about him. The former student of his master class in Vienna, the late Countess Victoria Miljinska had told me that he was a very renowned teacher, beloved by his students for the great interest he took in them. He was a great friend of Alfred grunfeldts Professor de Kahn came to visit the Countess Miljinska at her estate in Poland near Danzig in 1935 or 1936. He had a list-like appearance, tall with white hair. One of his hostesses did not dare to ask him to play on her old grand piano, but he said that a good pianist can play well on any instrument, and he really played marvellously. We want to thank Madame Alexandra Klesnath of Altadena for her kindness in giving us that information. Once again we present keyboard immortal Paul de Kahn, this time in the brilliant transcription of the Fledermas Waltzes by the Viennese waltz king Johann Strauss. It is interesting to note that Strauss was not only much admired by many of his famous colleagues, but Verdi, Guno, and even Richard Wagner esteemed him as their equal. The Fledermaus Waltzes are from the operetta of the same name. It was arranged for concert performance by Ludwig Schuett, who incidentally was a Liszt pupil himself and became particularly well-known for his brilliant concert arrangements. The Fledermaus Waltzes by Strauss, transcribed by Ludwig Schuett, played by keyboard immortal Paul DeCant. It is a tribute to Strauss's Fledermaus that it was premiered at a bleak moment in the history of Vienna. It was in the year 1873 when a tragic depression struck the gay city by the Danube, but in spite, or perhaps because of this, the Fledermaus immediately caught on, and its melodies are as welcome today as in those dark days almost a hundred years ago. Our keyboard immortal was Paul de Kahn, now fortunately not a mystery pianist anymore. He played the Fledermaus waltzes by Strauss. As a direct contrast to the preceding number, here is that gentle Abendlied, the Song of Evening, by Robert Schumann. Our keyboard immortal, Ozip Gabrilovitch. The Abendlied by Schumann was just played by keyboard immortal Ossip Gabrielovich. It is number four of Schumann's opus 23. Our final composition on tonight's programme of concert favourites is another of those spectacular Hungarian rhapsodies by Franz Liszt. It is the rousing Rakoshi March, named for Prince Francis Rakoshi, who led the Hungarian revolt against Austria from 1703. To 1711. The original tune is of uncertain authorship but exists in two forms one for orchestra by Berlioz while we are to hear the piano version by Liszt. It is played by another Hungarian Ernst von Dochnany. So here is the Rakoshi March or Hungarian Rhapsody No. 15 by Franz Liszt. Hans von Dochnani, who has just played the Rakoshi March by Liszt, was not only a great pianist, but also distinguished himself as a composer in many forms. He was a superb orchestrator and also composed some excellent string quartets and other chamber music. About his prowess as a pianist, there can certainly be no doubt, as you have just heard him play Liszt's 15th Hungarian Rhapsody. But it is time once again to ring down the curtain on our concert and close the Bursendorfer Imperial Grand for another week. Next week we will present a full evening of Ignaz Jan Paderewski as pianist and composer. And so, until next week, on behalf of Sony Superscope and Joseph S. Tuszynski, their president, this is Felix de bidding you au revoir and auf Wiedersehen.